Allison. And during this podcast, our only goal is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us. Do you see how I'm doing the us? I'm including you in this. Do you like it? Um, I think so. Okay, I want you to think about it. Or learning something new and helpful. I hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I've got my producer, husband, and lover with me. Hi. What what, what are you talking about today? Mr. Eric Robertson. Pleasant pictures. We are in Provo, Utah. Eric is trying to rush me along so I don't talk about his sexy, luscious, gorgeous body and how I am so (laughs) lucky to be married to him and how we are in his beautiful studio where he creates magical (laughs) music and all sorts of other magic. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a drug lab. Uh, that would be kind of crazy. What if you did have a drug lab? <laughs> Walter White did. I know. That's what I'm saying. Very unsuspecting. So anyway, if you're new to the podcast, this is how it works. I'm Allison. Who are you, Allison? It doesn't matter. If I say something of value, does it matter? I don't know. I've been doing this stuff for a long time. I'm online. I do business workshops with branding. I've taken on corporate branding consultants. I throw parties, events. Man, I just do whatever I feel like doing. (laughs) Eric's a music producer, and I am feeling like a live wire today. I'm feeling sassy. I'm feeling like I'm going to freaking lay it down straight. I would say I'm feeling slightly aggressive, but like there's no reason for me to be feeling aggressive. You can take this to the bank every time. I'm only giving you 100% pure my opinion, but today you're going to probably get it real sassy style. And it's good because what I'm talking about today is episode 21, how I decide who to do business with, who to work with. But the reason I wanted to talk about it on the podcast is because it has taken me, I would say the last three to five years. Eric was saying three consciously. Yeah. For me to set these parameters, to realize how to set myself up for success when it comes to who I choose to do projects with, who I decided to do paid contracts with. And as I was thinking about these parameters, I realized they are so applicable to all parts of life. So whether you're in business for yourself, whether you work for someone, whether you're a student, a parent, just a human on this planet trying to do your freaking best, I think that these points are going to be applicable. And I'm just going to share with you the parameters I've put in place for myself that have really given me freedom and more positive experiences than negative experience. I've honestly, I feel like I've had very few negative experiences. And in the times that I have had negative experiences working with people, I can look back and see warning signs and I don't blame them. I blame myself for not, you know, listening to my gut. And and sometimes you can't prevent things from going not the way you hope they would, but you can always find amazing lessons that you can put on a podcast that you gave yourself. Yes. Yes. So anyway, before we get into that, we have just a couple of segments with you and we're going to do one of our regular segments here called Nobody Cares About Your Kids. And Eric, what's our Nobody Cares About Your Kids this week? It's a really good one. This week, it's We Don't Care About Our Kids. It, this week. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole thing. We are so not in a happy place with our six-year-old, four-year-old, but the one-and-a-half-year-old we do like right now. Do not get us wrong, people. We love our children. They're but cute. Love, love and like is different. We're grateful that they're healthy. We're, gr- we're grateful for our children, but we are not pleased with them. <laughs> it was just one of those days. We'll, we'll be in love with them first thing in the morning. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, but I do have a really good getting booky with it. Na, 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 na. I am so excited to tell you about this book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. When you think of Nike, you probably think of Bill Bowerman, the Oregon running coach, and he came on to be a partner with Phil Knight. And this book, Shoe Dog, so I teach a branding workshop called How to Build an Awesome Brand, and I do corporate brand consulting, something that I started doing this year because I'm very into branding. I have an episode all about it. I decided that I should read this book because it had been recommended to me a few times by people and Nike's such a powerful, amazing brand. I'm like, well, you know, I should, you know, do my homework and, and know things. I am so glad that I listened to it. I listened to the books I listened to. And it was a pretty long um, listen or read, like 13 hours, and it was worth every single minute. There are so many lessons, so much inspiration. And I would say that my key takeaway from that book is hard. Hard things are hard. (laughs) It is so easy to look at people who are building something or doing something hard and think it must not be that hard for them. Or when you try to do it, you must be doing something wrong because it is so difficult. The road to Nike, uh, how the company came to be, his path, when he started, it was long and it was hard. And it wasn't just hard in the beginning. It was hard every step of the way. Huge obstacles, like huge obstacles would pop up every step of the way. And you know, the message I took away was stop your friggin' whining, Allison. If you want to do something phenomenal, if you want to create something of value and worth, you have to be put under so much pressure and work so hard for it. And you just need to shut up with any whining that you have. That was my takeaway. (laughs) I told you I'm on fire tonight. Do you want to get like an amen? Amen. Am I making you tired? No. Whenever you said shoe dog, yeah, I always thought like shoe fly. So it's S-H-O-E. It's like the shoe. Yeah, the shoe. shoe. So the term comes from people who have been in the business a really long time. They call them shoe dogs. People who just live, breathe, sleep shoes, thinking about arches and support and the cobblers, if you will. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to share a couple of quotes from Shoe Dog. I just really recommend it. And as always, so you know, anything I reference, whether it's a past podcast episode, a book, a quote, they're always linked on my blog, theallisonshow.com. That's Allison with one L. And speaking of our children, one of them just walked into the studio. Please hold. All right, we sent her back to bed. You guys, we told you sometimes these children. All right, I loved this quote and it just strikes me to my core. The cowards never started and the weak died along the way. That leaves us, ladies and gentlemen, us. Do you love that? It's pretty good. It's real good. It's like an elite club. Yes. The cowards never started and the weak died along the way. And I love this concept of failure as just because you fail at something doesn't mean you give up. Now, let's say like you create a product and nobody buys it. That product, it did fail, but you don't give up. You try something else. And I think sometimes people see failure as this like final thing that you can't move past. But sometimes certain aspects of whatever you're trying to do, like I'd say today, would you say we 
failed as parents today? Yeah, probably. I feel like a failure of a parent today. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to give up, even though we may have failed. The cowards never started and the weak died along the way. I love that. And one more quote I wanted to share with you and to give it a little bit of context again, this is Phil Knight and he started Nike and how he started Nike is by selling a Japanese running shoe in America. So it didn't start as a shoe that he manufactured and he had this idea to bring these Japanese running shoes to America. So this kind of refers to that. So that morning in 1962, I told myself, let everyone else call your idea crazy. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't even think about stopping until you get there. And don't give much thought to where there is. Whatever comes, just don't stop. Eric, do you know why I love this quote? Because you can go into Don't Stop Believing by Journey. No, but we should drop that clip in because that's really good. Don't stop believing. I love it because I'm constantly fixated on where there is. I'm constantly fixated on, but I don't, I don't know if I should do this, if it's going to lead to this. Yeah, you did that today. Yeah, I know I did it today. Thank you for bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that, this idea of just, you don't think about it too hard. And any, the most successful things that I've done, I just am like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And I don't think about it too hard. Like this podcast, I love this podcast. And I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And honestly, it wasn't even until after the first episode aired that I thought, oh, People are going to listen to it and like have negative things to say about me and my opinions. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about it before because if I had thought too hard about it before, I wouldn't have done it. So anyway, moral of the story, read the book Shoe Dog, S-H-O-E-D-O-G by Phil Knight, The Story of Nike. It's an awesome read. I have been super into autobiographies lately. Yeah, you love them. I love them. I, I go in phases. I'm actually right this second listening to Kevin Hart's book, I Can't Make This Up or You Can't Make This Up. It is so funny. (laughs) She laughs out loud all the time with her headphones in. Uh, If you don't like the swear words, don't listen to it or read it. The swear words? What? (laughs) If you don't like the swear words? Any of the swear words. (laughs) Like if any of the swear words do not sit well with you because you are a a good tender spirit, do not partake of it in your life. But I also am loving that book right now. I will report back on it next podcast episode, most likely. Do you know what I like about autobiographies? Yes. You do? Wait, no. What? I said, do you know what I like about them? No, tell me. I like that it's like an interview. A lot of these people are dead or unreachable. So it's like an interview. Exactly. And I am so fascinated with people who have accomplished something hard. Yeah. Learning the process that it took to do that. Right. But I also find value in reading books just about someone's process for anything, really. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It doesn't have to even be like they're famous. It's just like anybody who's worked really hard at something and has learned something from it. Yeah. Basically the premise for all books. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into it. (laughs) Love books. I want to do a whole podcast on how important reading is, but we'll do that another time. Okay. How do I decide who to work with and how is it applicable to your life? And as I said before, these are things that parameters that I have accumulated, collected, curated, if you will, for myself over the last few years. I think that these are super applicable tools for who to go on vacation with, who to become closer friends with, who 
to start a hobby with because I think these are just good parameters to have in your life, safe boundaries. And I don't like to do things from the negative perspective, but because there's so many reasons in the affirmative while I'll work someone, these are kind of more like from the negative perspective. Like I don't do this type of thing, right? So I'm going to try to keep it positive, but there's a little bit of... (laughs) Not positive. <laughs> so, so just real life, basically. It's just real life, guys. I'm giving it to you real, 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 real today. Every day, really. This, this is feeling so real. Right, do- <laughs> I don't know if I can handle the realness. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Okay, number one. I don't work with people who want me to prove myself or sell myself super hard. Now, this is something that I had to realize. There are certain personality types that want to make you tap dance. They want to sit back. I, I imagine them like this. They're sitting in like a chair that reclines and they have their, their hands behind their head and they're like leaning back like, dance, monkey, dance. But it's almost like they're too lazy to even speak. They're pushing a button. Yes. Or they're like having somebody do the speaking for them. So in life, of course you have to prove your worth. Of course you have to prove your value. you got to dance a little bit, right? You've got to prove that you're there to boogie. But What about shimmying? you got to sh- I shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Why you no shimmy, Jimmy? If you um, know that movie, email no, us. Do not give more things away. I got so many emails. Okay. We're not fun. <laughs> Or leave a comment. It's just, we're going to give, we give something away for a review, but I felt so bad because there were so many people with the Megadeth. Was it Megadeth? Yeah, Megadeth. Megadeth lyric that Eric dropped the other week. And anyway, we do love but thanks for writing, writing in. I appreciated that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So um, the people who want you to shimmy a little too hard, it is a power play. And that's what it is. It is their way of saying, prove that you have value. And some of the only not positive experiences I've had working with countless vendors, venues, people for paid Instagram posts, any people that I've worked with, and I've worked with a lot of different types of people, there's only been a couple that have not had warm fuzzies in my heart. And they all started like that with them wanting to prove myself. And so how does that, how does that apply to you? I feel like if you surround yourself with people who aren't appreciating your inherent values, your inherent worth and what you have to bring to the table, and they're constantly making you feel like you need to question what you have to offer, don't surround yourself with those people, right? Because you have value, you have worth, and there are people who will appreciate it. And I think one final point to remember is this, is that people can talk the talk, but the thing to look for is if they walk the walk. And so I think that's another reason why this doesn't resonate with me. It's that if you can't see by my actions that I'm willing to walk the walk, not just talk the talk, I don't know if there's anything I can say to prove it to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Number two. I don't work with people who could not be pleased. There's the type of person who just wants you to continuously jump through hoops and prove yourself. And then there are people who cannot be pleased. So how can you tell if you're working with someone who cannot be pleased? Because they're usually very optimistic about you. And I have noticed that there is this telltale sign. You know that you're dealing with someone who cannot be pleased when they immediately at least start telling you about everyone who has let them down. Ah. 
And Good point. this is, don't be friends with people. <laughs> so back to how is this applicable to you? Don't be friends with people who are telling you how crappy all their friends are. I have realized that if you're talking to someone and you're trying to decide if you want to partner up with someone, you want to work with them, maybe you want to take your relationship to the next level. If they immediately only have negative things to say about every other person, let's say you, you want to work with a graphic designer or let's say you're a graphic designer and someone wants to hire you and they immediately start telling you how every other graphic designer has let them down, then you know it's not the graphic designers. (laughs) It's that this person cannot be pleased. Now, of course, people do tend to want to tell you their negative experiences to say why they're so excited to work with you, you know, that hopefully you're going to offer them a solution. But I, I... I have noticed that if that's the first thing they talk about and they just want to focus on how other people have screwed them over, other people have let them down, that it's not the other people, it's them. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it's my favorite uh, test to do to ask myself, is it my problem or not my problem? Is this test, We I don't swear on the podcast, but we'll call it the jerk test, okay? If you're walking down the street and every single person you encounter is a jerk, who's the jerk? You. You're the jerk. If you're walking down the street and everybody's pretty nice and treats you well and the birds are chirping and one person is just awful to you, they're the jerk, right? And so I ask myself that question a lot. If I'm feeling unhappy about a situation, I say, who's the jerk? Am I the jerk or are they the jerk? And often it's me. (laughs) (laughs) And then also it's really helped me because I take a lot of fault and a lot of blame for things. And sometimes I just have to realize I did my absolute best in that situation and I just cannot control the actions of other people. And so I think that this point number two, try not to work with people and also try not to give too much of yourself to people who just cannot be pleased because it's like, what do they call that? Sunk value? I don't know. It's like a house that's like a money pit, right? It's like a bad, I'm just thinking of it as like, it's like sunk cost. It's like a bad Uh investment, right? You're just throwing your money away. You're throwing your awesome away. You're throwing your time away. You're throwing your energy away. That doesn't mean you ignore those people and you never talk to them again for the rest of your life. It just means you don't invest too much energy in them, right? Right. Because where your energy flows grows. Mm. All right. Number three, I work with people who have taken a lot of nose from me, but haven't taken it personally and still continue to uh, reach out. So this one, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more business specific. Maybe it's not. I find in life that if I'm able to have my boundaries and feel safe with people and tell them, no, this isn't going to work out for me right now, and they don't just hate me for it and they don't take it personally, but they continue to try to come up with creative ways that we can work together, I'm so much more likely to down the road say yes, not because they've beaten me down, but because they've proven, and not that I'm even looking for them to prove, right? But they, they've proven that they have this amazing attitude and resilience. And obviously, those are the type of people that we want to surround ourselves with in life, right? Right. And, and also, it shows that they don't take things too personally. Mm-hmm. Because lots of times when you get a no from somebody for anything, for business or, right. or anything, it's not about you. It's about them. Right. And so when I give people no's, it's not because I hate you. It's not because you're a terrible person. <laughs> it's not because what you're offering me has no value. It's because it's just not going to work for me in my life right now. And that's my problem. Like you said, it could be just right now. Right now. Exactly. And so I actually place a lot of value in people who one day I wake up and think, wow, that person 
has tried to work with me in a variety of different ways and it didn't work out or has reached out to me in a variety of different ways and it didn't work out. And they are not in a desperate way, not in a no self-respect way, continuously making it really easy for me to work with them. Those are people I love to work with, which leads to number four. I look for people who make things super easy. So if you are trying to get somebody to work with you, if you want somebody to hire you, if you want to start a project with someone, you're trying to um, outsource your services, make it ridiculously easy for people to work with you. I can't tell you how many people want me to look at their product and don't send me a link to their product. (laughs) And that's just a representation of us being really tunnel visioned. When we're excited about something, we get so focused on it that we forget that we have to let other people in on it, right? And we can be so focused and so amped on whatever it is we're doing that we make it really hard for people to work with us. And I want to tell you this. I am so super hard to work with until I'm not. When I really want to work with someone, I'm the easiest person in the world. And not just if I really want to work with someone, but like if that project, you know, is a priority. And when I'm hard to work with, it's because I didn't have the time, but I tried to make the time right. So you think about who do you want to work with? You want to work with the people who are the easiest to work with. So instead of thinking about how everybody's doing a bad job at that, I always like to think, how can I reflect this back on myself? How am I being difficult to work with. Yeah. Right. And so if you feel like, again, it's the jerk test. If you're walking down the road and you're like, well, nobody wants to work with me. Nobody wants to be friends with me. Nobody invites me on vacation. Nobody invites me out to dinner. Nobody sets up play dates with me. Think, are you making it difficult for people to do that? Are you making it next to impossible for people to include you and reach out to you? Mm -hmm. Either with your attitude, either with your actions. Connection is one of the fundamental human needs. We need connection. And if you're alienating people with your actions, it's most likely you're making it hard for people. It's not that you're a horrible person because you're an awesome person. (laughs) And the, the fifth boundary or parameter that I have in place when it comes to working with people is I look for people who respect time. I really, really value and respect other people's time. I'm on time to meetings. I try not to keep people too long. I try not to ask for people's time unless I feel that there's, you know, some sort of exchange of value that can be had. Especially, I have three small children, a business, a husband. I'm trying not to be a terrible mother, failing at it today. You're a great mother. I'm thanks, but it feels rough today. I'm trying to be a good friend. I'm trying to be a good daughter. I'm trying to exercise so I don't snap at people. I'm trying to juggle um, people who expect and want things from me in business and people who expect and want things from me online. And it's hard. It's really, really, really hard because I hate disappointing people. Well, I think it's actually impossible to do, to be excellent at all the things you just named. Yeah, it's true. It is. And I expect myself to be perfect and excellent at it. So stop it. All right. I'm going to stop it. Done. I no longer expect any perfection. I am going (laughs) fixed to watch the OC and do nothing else. But back to you, how does this, uh, looking for people who respect your time, how does this apply to you? You know, Allison, I don't have a business. What you talking about, girl? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Your time is valuable because your time on this earth is limited. Every minute that you spend, you can spend finding meaning and value in that moment. And when you are with people who do not respect your time, you're not respecting 
respecting your time. When you're with people who are always late, when you're with people who are filling your time with negativity, gossip, filling your time with complaining about things that are honestly pointless to complain about, it's just a waste of time, man. Just a waste of freaking time. And what's the number one excuse that people give you for not doing what they want to do? I don't have any time. I don't have any time. I don't have any time. If you don't prioritize your life, someone will prioritize it for you. Greg McGowan, Essentialism. Read it. Love it. Live, live it. it. <laughs> did you say live it? <laughs> yeah, I did. At the same time as me? Exact same time. <laughs> now, this is something I'm learning. I'm trying to learn to balance is... I, I always feel so rushed and crushed for time because I want to be as effective and as efficient as possible. But when I was reading Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, he talked about how the point is not to always ask what the meaning is, but to assign meaning to the moments. And I just want to share this because this was Eric and I went to Austin. I spoke at a conference called Rise. It was awesome. It was a super fun experience. Eric and I just had like a little vacation. It was his birthday. I've been thinking about this a lot, that our purpose is not to try to figure out what the meaning is all the time, but to assign the meaning to the moments, right? We were in this long line for barbecue, and it was before I spoke at the conference, so I was feeling a little anxious, like, oh, we're we're standing here in line, maybe I should be preparing for my speech, maybe I should be checking emails, and then I stopped and asked myself, what is the meaning like, what, what meaning does this moment have? Am I trying to fill it and assign all these different things? And I stopped and I thought, the meaning in this moment is that I'm with my husband, who I love, who I care about, and we're spending time together. And so I put my phone away, and that was the meaning that I found in that moment. And later, I was asking Eric about his favorite part of the trip, and do you remember what you said? Yeah, I just remembered. Didn't I say standing in line? Yes! Yeah, it was fun. He said standing in line for barbecue. That's true. true. And I just, I remember when I put my phone away and when I realized the absolute most meaning that that moment could have is that I was having that connection, that touch, that time with my husband. We didn't have our whining kids with us. We started playing like stupid hand slapping games. We were cuddling. (laughs) We were laughing. And it was so funny because I asked him, hey, what was your favorite part of the trip? And that's what he said. And I knew that it was because I had been present in that moment. And so I know that these tips, they're, you know what they are? They're boundaries. They're boundaries for how to have healthy relationships with other people so that you don't feel taken advantage of, so that you know you're giving your best. So whether it's for work, whether it's for relationships, whether um, it's for your business, I hope that these tips brought you some value, maybe at least one of them. And the first one was don't don't work with people who want you to prove yourself so much, who, who don't see the value in what you have to offer. People are trying to get you to prove yourself all the time. Don't work with people who cannot be pleased. Think about, are you walking down the road? Is everyone they're, they're walking into a jerk? Well, then they might be the jerk, you know? I love to work with people who are really resilient and who I can say no to. They don't take it personally. So that's something that I look for. And so remember, when people tell you no, when, when people can't always do what you want, it's, it's not our job to take it personally, right? 
And then it's so awesome to have people in your life to work with who make it super easy. So again, if you're not getting the results you want, either in a relationship, in a business relationship, in a project, ask yourself, am I making it hard for people to work for me? If you feel like you moved to a new city and you're not making friends, ask yourself, am I making it hard for people to be my friend? Because if you aren't making new friends, are you sitting inside at your house all day? Because nobody's going to meet you if you're sitting inside (laughs) at your house all day, right? And then in business relationships, are you making it easy for people to work with you? And the final one is look for people who respect your time. And you know how people are going to respect your time is if you respect your own time. Because people can only ever treat you as poorly as you allow them to treat you right? Now, some people are going to be mean to you. Some people are going to take advantage of you. That's that's different. But I'm talking about the people that you interact with. They will only continue to treat you poorly if you allow them to treat you poorly and allow them to disrespect your time and allow them to waste your energy. That's on you, my friend. I'm preaching today. Amen. Um, and just as a final thought, this test for how to know if something is something that you want to do and something that you should work on that people say, uh, when somebody asks you if you want to do something, if your first reaction isn't a hell yes, it should probably be a no. (laughs) Do you think that's true? Uh, Yeah, mostly. It's mostly true. I don't think that's always true. Yeah, because sometimes you need to do something if you need to do something. Everything can't be fun and like super stimulating. Yeah. But as a general rule in your life, it is your life. You control it. You should be pumped on what you're doing. Exactly. And what's the benefit on being pumped on what you're doing? You bring that excitement, you bring that light, and you bring that value to whatever it is you're doing, no matter what it is you're doing. And so that's our responsibility as humans. And if you're not pumped, get pumped or stop doing it. (laughs) All right. So I hope these tips add some value to your life. I hope maybe they help you set some boundaries, move forward with excitement, confidence, faith, and anything that you're working on. And you know, that's my goal for all the crap I'm talking about, guys. I hope that it serves you in some way. We want to thank you so much for your time. We respect your time. And that's why it means so much to us when you listen, when you share, and when you leave us reviews on iTunes. And so Eric likes to go and choose a favorite review and we're going to send this person a tumbler and I'm doing awesome tumbler and a new shack CD. New shack is one of Eric's bands. Eric, which review do you have for us today? B shell is the name. Here we go. Have you ever wanted to hang out with Allison and soak up her magical vibes? Oh gosh. <laughs> this podcast is the closest thing to that. It's like you're hanging out with the queen herself and King Eric too. Oh, that's why he picked it. Cause you're King well, Eric. Yeah. Kind of, but the last line's the best. Here we go. You'll leave this listening session with lightning bolts and rainbows shooting out of your heart, and you'll be covered in glitter. Where did the glitter come from? I don't know, but embrace it. <laughs> oh, Bichelle, thank you so much. So please send us an email to awesomewithallison. That's Allison with one L at theallisonshow.com. How many times can we use my name? <laughs> I don't know. We, we got to figure out a couple more, though. I actually have a few more up my sleeve for pending projects. So just you wait. Again, you guys, we want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you when you share on your Instagram stories. I love seeing those screenshots of you guys sharing because we believe that sharing is caring. There's no better way to encourage us and remind us that we need to get our butts down here, even if Eric has a pounding headache, to record a podcast episode. We love you so much, and I want to remind you that only you can be you, and you are already as awesome as you you need need to to be. be. Did you just try to steal my ending line? No, I tried to join you. Make it synergetic. (laughs) 
Eric, what are you going to take us out on? This is uh, from a past project called Pixel Pony, and the song is called Tongue Tied. you. Yeah.